All right, fans, welcome back to the new show, Sliders and Spirals. We are your hosts, big time, Tim Anderson. Hello, hello. The author, Marty Murr, that's me. And the coach, Josh Edens. All right, guys, here we are. College football, uh, less than 30 days away, building up. It's everybody's favorite time of the year. Uh, so we're going we're gonna to take a look at some, some different things today and uh, – uh, see where some predictions are, see if we think some people are going to go high, low, uh, and get an idea of what's going on. So, uh, first game, uh, opening open today, uh, August 24th, you've got Florida and Miami down in Orlando uh, in the armpit of America called Florida. <laughs> what's your first thought? What's your first <clears throat> thoughts about this game? So, Florida and, and Miami is a pretty <clears throat> interesting uh first game there because usually that that game's end of the year mm-hmm. um you know kind of like the florida state and florida kind of thing i mean you you generally you know have a little while but to have that one kick off you know a rivalry that's pretty interesting um i, I just don't i love mark richt i, I think that uh you know mark richt is a great football coach and but he's really, gone and well, I was going to say now. So yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, I, I really liked what he was doing there. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, he's not there anymore, and, and so I don't know that. I don't know that Diaz is going to be able to to pick up where where Mark Rick left off. Um, and I'm not sold on Dan Mullen in Florida either. Um, you know, everybody was so pumped up about you know Dan Mullen and what he did, you know, with Mississippi State and all that kind of stuff, and personally i i mean when you look at when you look at what's happened and i know this transfer portal that's come out now that's kind of basically making college players free agents um you know has hurt a lot of teams but florida's lost a lot mm-hmm. in the last couple months especially on defense uh so i i'm not really you know i'm not really buying it uh from florida i think miami's going to come out and and probably roll in this game oh, well uh, that's that's a bold prediction. Right now we've got um, Florida. Florida has seven and a half points on Miami at this point. Um, I don't know that Miami's able to pull it out. I think Florida's a little bit too talented on defense. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. I, I'm kind of with you on Florida. You know, I don't. I'm not buying Florida ranked in the top ten right now. I think that's a stretch. Uh, a lot of times with preseason rankings, you get these respect rankings. I don't have that kind of respect for Florida. A lot of people are tucking tail and running from Florida right now. They've lost a lot of recruits. I don't know what's going on in Gainesville. Um, I don't necessarily think it affects the outcome of this game. I think Florida beats Miami in this opener. I think Miami's dealing with a whole lot more um, right now um, inside their program, inside their locker room than Florida is. But I don't think Florida wins this game pretty. It's not going to be the opener that Mullen wants, and there's going to be some serious question marks on both sides leaving the field that day. What do you think about Felipe Franks? Is he underperform or overperform? I'm not sold on him. And, again, I think that, you know, for whatever reason, I think there's so much hype right now in Florida that I just don't think they're going to be able to, to live up to it. Another thing with Franks, too, is Franks, I feel like, is going to be one of those quarterbacks. Because a lot of people like Felipe Franks yeah. and like what he brings to the table. I think I feel like he's going to be another quarterback that maybe should have, could have, would have, if he'd have just done this or won that game. Yeah. He's not quite going to meet up to the expectations that the Gators have for him. Um, I feel like he can do some good things, game manager type of guy. But as far as taking a game over and just putting a team on his back, you know, a guy like a Tim Tebow, he is not. Yeah. Second game on tap that we're going to look at, you've got the SEC versus the Pac-12. You've got Oregon versus Auburn. First take on those. Well, I think with Oregon and Auburn, you know, you've got talented teams right here, obviously. You've got a lot of athleticism on the field. You got two different styles of play. You have that finesse ball. They don't like to call it finesse ball. You know, that's what it is. We have that finesse, quick, speed football out on the West Coast against good old Southern smash mouth style football in the SEC. Um, 
I am going to take the Ducks in this one, though. I do think Oregon gets it done. I think there's too much speed on the field, too much athleticism. And as always, Auburn underperforms and disappoints their fan base yet again um, in a primetime situation. You have to give me the boys from Eugene. Hmm. I'm going to go a different route on that one because, you know, Auburn – Man, they just seem to be on the cusp, like just on the edge of being that team that could finally compete with Bama. Uh, even last year, you know, I mean, there they were there were times when you would look at them and you would think, man, this team is incredible. And then, you know, just a lack of consistency. Um, so I, I think I think overall, I think that's going to get kind of worked out because um, I think Auburn's head coach is probably number one on the hot seat. Uh, going into this season, and and I think that uh, they're going to get that worked out, and I think Auburn takes this game big. I think uh, it's a must win for Gus Malzahn. Yeah. Week zero, week one, whatever you want to call it, it is a must win for Gus Malzahn. You do not beat Oregon. You do not have a job at the end of the year. It's, it's plain as day. He sh- probably should have been fired last year. He managed to – uh, avoid that, and now he's taking over offensive play calling again. Um, you know, Jared Stidham back, um, did well at Baylor before the injury, uh, but has kind of underperformed at Auburn. Uh, you've got a very stout, probably one of the best defensive lines in the SEC in, in, in Auburn's defensive line, um, which will have to control the line of scrimmage against the high-powered Oregon offense. Uh, but at the end, I don't see – I don't see Auburn winning this game. I no, see it being a pretty lopsided victory. And, you know, Marty, I'll point to what you were talking about with the inconsistency. I think that's what cost Auburn this game. I don't think this game's a blowout. I think this game's going to be close. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, but I think the inconsistency in Auburn's performance, they're going to give up some big plays to Oregon. Uh, and it's going to be close, but I see the Ducks pulling this out. And, and, you know, that leaves a lot of question marks for Auburn. You know, that's a huge win for Oregon. But that leaves a lot of question marks for Auburn. You still have Alabama on your schedule. Mm-hmm. You still, if you, you're not going, guys, if you're not going to beat Oregon, you're not going to beat Alabama. <clears throat> no. If you're not going to beat Oregon, you're not going to beat LSU. If you don't beat Oregon, I don't think – I mean, me personally, I don't think you beat Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M. So now we're talking about a mid-pack finish in the West if you don't get bit by somebody else in this conference which can easily happen. The SEC is known for beating up on each other. So the loss to Oregon, if that happens, I think, Tim, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's going to be the first domino to fall and um, probably the end of a run uh, for Gus at Auburn. You're looking at uh, at least six losses with with Auburn's schedule. You've got uh, the Oregon, which we've we think will probably be a loss. You've got uh, uh, the Alabama, which I think that's pretty much a given that that's going to be a loss, even though uh, it is at home. You've got Georgia at home. You've got uh, on the road at LSU. Uh, you're on the road at Florida. You're on the road at A&M. Uh, I don't see any possible way that, that they win those games with that type of uh, competition coming to them. Uh, and it, it might very well be the end for, for Gus at this point. Uh, but if you're on the other side and you're, you're an Oregon fan and you're a duck, uh, you know, that, that just propels you to the uh, what I feel is probably the top of the Pac-12 at that point because looking at, looking at that conference, <clears throat> I don't see anybody competing. Um, you know, USC will be mediocre at best. Uh, and then just the other teams are bottom feeders as it is. Uh, so I don't. Uh, I think Auburn has the most to lose at this point. But again, you know, Edens, you've been a, you've been a head coach before. It's one thing to say that I want someone to run my offense. It's another thing to say I'm going to run my offense. You know, it took Jeremy Pruitt, another SEC team. It took Jeremy Pruitt a year to find somebody that he was comfortable with running his defense because that's his specialty. That's his calling card. That's how Gus Malzahn got this job at Auburn was because of his offense. 
I think it's a fact that now that he's going back to he's the one running this offense, I think that that's going to have him putting his stamp back on this team. And as you've said, the defense is going to be good. We we know that. The defense is already taken care of. Defense is going to be good. Now you've got the mastermind, the, the wizard behind the curtain kind of thing, actually running and playing the call and calling the plays. I think that's the difference maker. And you could be right. I mean, uh, it could be a different ball game with Gus actually having a more active role in that offense. You know, um, and you know, you, it's hard to bet against the SEC. Sure. It is. I mean, I'm going to stick to my Oregon pick, but Auburn wins the game. It wouldn't shock me. Like I said, I have it close. Uh, I think Oregon just makes enough plays to get the job done. Next up, high or low? We're going to take a look at the top ten teams uh, on the preseason poll. Uh, we're going to take a look and see, do you think they finish higher or lower based off their preseason rank? So we'll get it kicked off here with number 10. Uh, old faithful Notre Dame uh, makes the trip to Georgia this year. Uh, you know that, that Georgia went up there and it was black and red all throughout Notre Dame, Notre Dame Cathedral. Uh, and uh, Georgia got away with the win. What do we think? High, low, Notre Dame at number 10. I'm going to take this one off the bat and leave this one off because I'm looking at Notre Dame at 10, and I got mixed emotions about this. First, let, let, let's start with, uh, with, with, Georgia, with, with Georgia. You know, I went, uh, took my family on a vacation two years ago to Tampa. Uh, in Tampa, um, we had our car broken into. In Tampa, my children were almost run down by a, a crazy driver in a Walmart parking lot. Uh, in Tampa, we had less than a good time. Appreciate that, City of Tampa. Thank you so much. Um, probably won't be going back to Tampa anytime soon. That is going to be – that's reminiscent for me because that's going to be Notre Dame's trip to Athens this year. It's not going to be a good vacation. It's not going to be a good trip. And it's going to be one when you start heading back to South Bend, you are really thankful that you're going home. Okay, um, I for me, I don't feel like Notre Dame can win the, that kind of game. But I have Notre Dame finishing higher than ten, and I'll tell you why. I've ripped Notre Dame. I've told you I don't feel like they can win that caliber game, and all the games in the top ten are that caliber game. Um, Notre Dame's schedule, even when they put a few shining stars on there, is traditionally weak, and. For whatever reason, the stars have aligned. The Lord loves Notre Dame, I guess. I don't know because Notre Dame gets more love than any team that I know of in college football um, with a consistently weak schedule. The USC game isn't what it used to be anymore. Uh, a lot of their traditional rivalries aren't what they used to be anymore, uh, and they benefit from that schedule. But Notre Dame will finish higher than 10. Um, how deserved that's going to be? Um, I'm not sure, but higher than 10. Well, yeah, and you go back to the deserved part. I mean, that's the thing is for whatever reason, and this is a big problem that I have with the college football ranking system. You know, you look on this ranking system and you'll have a 11-1 Washington that's below a 9-2 Notre Dame. And you know, or nine and you know, ten and one, or you know, whatever. You, you constantly throughout this ranking system have teams that have less wins, more losses above teams that have less wins and, and more losses. And and for me, Notre Dame is one of those teams. It's because it's Notre Dame. Well, guess what, guys? Joe Montana's not there anymore. All right, you're like you said. This isn't the USC of past that was winning national championships left and right. This is a USC that's been barely keeping their head above water. It's not a relevant Boston College anymore. It's not. It's not. It's not even a relevant Stanford anymore. You know. I mean, there were Andrew Luck's not there anymore. You know. I mean, we're you know we're looking at a situation where Notre Dame they're they're playing they're playing Michigan as much as I love Jim Harbaugh. Michigan's not a powerhouse. As much as I I mean I love Jim Harbaugh too, but Michigan is also kind of underachieved exactly so is it really a, a Bo Schembechler Lloyd Carr Michigan team I don't think so and so and so when you lose to a team like Georgia okay that's a game you're supposed to lose 
But when you're beating up everybody else and you're 12 and one and everybody's like, woo, look at you. Who are you really beating up on though? Ooh, Boston College that's underachieving. Navy, we beat up on Navy. Ooh, congratulations. Northwestern. You know, you had the one game that was that was the tough game, but the rest of them are still just names. They're not the same. It's like playing Tennessee. When they played Tennessee back in the early 2000s, that was a Tennessee that was in and out of the SEC championship every single year. That was a team that you knew when the ball kicked off in September, they were going to finish 1-2, at worst, 3 in the SEC East every single year. You play Tennessee now, that's not that's not the same Tennessee. And, and so for me, I think that they're probably going to finish top 10. So I don't think they go any lower than top 10 simply because they'll lose one or two games. I think Michigan beats them this year. I think that Georgia beats them this year. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, I'm really sure, um, you know, I really like what's going on over there with uh, with Justin, you know, running that program. Um, but you know, they kick off with Louisville too. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's 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 not going to be an easy one. Um, so I think they're easily two a two loss team, maybe a three loss team, but it's Notre Dame. They so always seem to get the benefit of the. They doubt. get the benefit of the doubt. You know, they're never going to make them get in a conference. You know, they can always just play who they – you know, it'd be nice if we were – Tennessee, if we were like, hey, you know what, we'll go play Western Michigan instead of Florida. You know, we'll go play, uh, you know, Northern Illinois instead of Alabama. You know, we don't have that luxury at Tennessee. Uh, so they don't – you know, they just get to play whoever. And, and again, it's it's those names that, you know, okay, they, they might be pretty decent football teams, but – they're not what they used to be. Uh, so I still say Notre Dame's going to probably end up 10 to, you know. Nine and three-ish. Nine and three-ish, something like that. And you have them lower than 10. Uh, I think even at 10 and two, they're still in the top 10. See, I agree. I, agree. I think if, if they manage to be 10 and two, top 10. I don't think they're going to be 10 and two. I think they're more likely to be eight and four. I think eight and four, nine and three. I think Georgia's a definite loss. Yeah. I think Michigan's a definite loss. I think your two wild cards in there are Stanford and Duke. Uh, they do travel to both of those places. I'm just I'm not high on them. I've never been high on them. Every time they've been in the playoffs, I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs. We're rewarding them for being an independent football mm-hmm. team and not playing in a conference. Uh, you, you get all these ESPN commentators uh, just building them up, building them up, building them up. It's all based off of the name. It's all yep. based off things. So I'm going to go lower than 10. I think they drop below 10 by the end of the year. Plus, I think the competition and the level of all these other teams, is you you can find 10 better teams than Notre Dame starting today. You should be able to. Yeah. I would think so. But, you know, it doesn't hurt that, uh, you know, one of, the, uh, one, of, one of the main commentators for college football is a former – Sure. Notre Dame head sure. coach. I mean, you got A&M, Oregon, and Penn State at 11, 12, and 13. I would take any three of those teams over. over oh, absolutely. James right Franklin and what he's got going up there. You know, and like I said, Justin Fuente and what he's doing at Virginia Tech. I mean, I really think Tech's going to gonna kind of roll. Uh, and Virginia, Virginia didn't have a bad year last year either, and they've got them on the schedule. So, yeah. So, moving on to number nine, the other UT, Texas. Hook them. We think high, low, number nine. You know, I I like Texas. I really do. I mean, I, I tell people all the time that I'm Texas's favorite nephew. All right. I go down there the last couple of years. I've, I've went about every year. And, and uh, you know, for me, looking at this, when Tom Herman came to Texas – I thought that Texas was going to go back to the Mac Brown days of dominance. And it's just not happened. I'm kind of surprised a little bit, to be honest, that Texas is where they are. 
Um, but in that same aspect, I mean, you know, the preseason top ten, but in the in the same aspect, I don't think they're going to be there at the end of the year. I think Texas loses at least three games. They're going to lose to Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, they may very well lose to TCU. Um, you know, last year they lost to West Virginia, uh, but I don't think West Virginia is going to be as good this year as they were last year. They lost a lot. Um, Got LSU in week two, I think that's a definite that's loss. A, that's a loss. You know, I, I just – I see – Texas with another mediocre uh, season, another mediocre uh, finish. You know, again, nine and three, eight and four, kind of thing. Uh, you know, like you said, LSU's there, um, Oklahoma, TCU, um, and let's be honest, you never know what's going to happen with Texas Tech, Baylor, or you know, maybe even Oklahoma State. Um, and that's just and that and that's just that's Big Twelve football. They don't play defense. Sure. I mean anybody can beat anybody any Saturday there because it's whoever can score the most points because yeah. there's never any defense with it. Uh, and for that, um, gosh, I, I'm gonna have to go lower, lower with the Longhorns. I think LSU's a definite loss. Oklahoma's a definite loss uh, between OK State, uh, Texas Tech. Uh, Iowa State, uh, you're going to have another loss in there. Uh, I don't think nine and three is going to get you in the, get you above nine at that at that point. I don't either. I'm with you. I'm 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 not buying Texas. I'm still not buying Texas. Uh, I want to buy Texas. Texas is one of those teams, you know, um, that traditional. That's always been looked at. At least for me, growing up, I always looked at as one of those teams with a shot. But Texas is not bad. Um, you know, they're, the schedule-wise, their conference is weak, but there's still teams on that schedule, like you guys are saying, that I just don't see them getting by. There's some hurdles I don't think they're going to clear. Um, for that, Longhorns finish lower than 10 for me. I don't think they have a chance to win that conference. I think it's a runaway with Oklahoma. Um, I think they're probably still top 15. They're not going to fall too far from where they're at, but they're not going to be top 10 at the end of the season. Number eight. University of Florida Gators. I am selling this bunch hard. <laughs> um, here in a little bit, you know, we're going to give our picks for the SEC. And, um, you know, you're going to understand why I'm selling this bunch hard. Um, everyone's got folks jumping ship, but boy, does it seem like Florida have a lot of folks jumping ship right now. Every day. Um, I'm just, I'm not convinced of their prowess in the SEC East. I'm not convinced of their prowess in their own state. Um, I think that is a respect ranking for what they should do, what they could do, but I think the Florida Gators underachieve. And I think as we go throughout this season, there's going to be a lot of things revealed about the Gators. The Gators are going to come up suspect in a lot of different areas. I do not think they finish in the top 10. Uh, for me, they're going to come in at around 11, 12, 13, something like that at the end of the year. They're going to be close, but no cigar. Um, I don't think they contend for an SEC title. Uh, I don't think they play in a major bowl game this year. Um, you know, and that's not to say they won't get a, a good bowl game. Steve Spur used to say you can't spell citrus without UT. <laughs> Talking to it, there are many trips to the Citrus Bowl. Well, you know, um, there's not a U or a T in Florida, but I feel like that's around the bowl they're going to be, you know. Sure. Uh, it might be Outback Bowl, Citrus Bowl, something like that, but not a major bowl game. Um, look, this is not a top-10 team. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm looking eight and four for Florida. Uh, I think that, you know, I've already picked Miami to beat them in the first game. Um, I think Auburn will end up beating them. Uh, I think LSU will beat them. Uh, I think Georgia will beat them, you know. And then there's – so, I mean, if that happens, there's Georgia and LSU and Auburn uh, and Miami. So, right there's eight and four. And I still think there's a good possibility that Florida State – you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Willie Taggart fan. Uh, not so much a Florida State fan, but I love Willie Taggart. You know, Coach, you and I got a chance to meet him, talk with him when he was up there at Western Kentucky 
uh, at a coach's clinic one time and you know probably the the best college football coach that I've ever talked to in terms of talking to high school kids uh, coaches and and you know sharing his information with us gave us you know business card emailed us you know whatever um, and, and so I, I think you know you got to give Willie Taggart a little bit of time down there in Florida State um, and and I think that's you know I think he's going to fix that uh, and so I think you know Florida State's a possibility of knocking Florida off and you know depending on depending on what will happen in this first game uh, in the in the first week I think we'll see if 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 you know maybe a South Carolina or a Tennessee might be able to knock Florida off too so I think I think Florida could honestly go anywhere between six and six eight and four I think they're a bowl game team wow. they're not a they're not a 10 and 10 team or a wow. top 10 team we'll I, I could honestly see Florida going seven and five uh, one team uh, that's on their schedule that I think is going to be dangerous uh, in the SEC East is going to be Missouri. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get with Kelly Bryant, but if it is something that is similar to what he had at, Clem- at Clemson, uh, now he wasn't, he's not good enough to hold a job at Clemson because of Trevor Lawrence, because that man's just ridiculous. But I could I could see them going seven and five, and then you do run the risk with Auburn with that stout defensive line if you shut down uh, Scarlett and Piran. Uh, I don't think Felipe Franks can carry a team by himself uh, and, and win a game against that uh, with with Auburn. Uh, love to hate Florida, uh, so it makes me good to see that I don't think that they're going to live up to expectations. There's no way in my mind that they finish eight or better this year. They so they just don't. They just Florida just doesn't have that rise to the occasion, take over a game kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I painted an ugly picture for Florida. You boys set it on fire. My goodness. <laughs> I don't feel like the show will be real popular in Gainesville for a little while. Um, but, you know, I think you're absolutely right. They don't have that guy that's going to win those clutch games for them. And uh, for that, I, I think we're all in agreement this is not going to be a top ten club. So um, that brings us to number seven. Yeah, my favorite. <clears throat> my favorite coach to ever watch in an interview. Bergeron. <clears throat> Love him. Love LSU. Uh, for me, they're going to be higher than seven. Uh, I think they, uh, I think they, they do what needs to be done. Uh, I don't know, I don't know about the Alabama game. I think that might be the only uh, blemish on their record since it is at Alabama. Uh, if you had Death Valley at night, then maybe, maybe it's a little bit different tale. I don't see anybody else beating them though. Uh, I think, uh, and I think for that, they definitely finish higher. And depending on what Georgia does, have a possibility. I think of getting in the top four. I completely, Ooh. I can, listen. I completely agree with him. Um, Orgeron's a different cat. I like Orgeron. I, I've liked Orgeron everywhere he's been. He's he's old school. He does things his way. There's not a lot flashy about Ed. Uh, kind of reminds me of Farmer Fran from the Waterboy sometimes. <laughs> I'm that over there running the football down there. Especially, I don't know if LSU could get him some uh, some purple overalls and a straw hat. Maybe a look he wants to entertain for homecoming or something. Especially down there, you know, at LSU, you know. But I love Orgeron, and he is a recruiting fool right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has proven himself time and time again on the recruiting trail, doing a good job down there. Um, like I said, he's just not as flashy as some of these other coaches you see. But I do think, um, you know, in the SEC, you're always susceptible to, to a hiccup, to an upset. That just happens in this conference. Um, but I don't see them any worse than 10-2 and two on their schedule. Um, I feel like they'll give Alabama a run. I don't think they beat Alabama. I think I've got them second in the West. Um, and I do see a, a, a strong possibility um, of them slipping in the back door after the SEC championship game at maybe four uh, to get in the playoffs if they play their cards right. Now, I don't see them doing that with two losses. Mm-mm. With no. one loss to Alabama, I can easily see them slipping in at four for a second chance. Um, but, you know, I've got LSU around four or five. Um I don't think they're going to be much lower than where you know than where they're at, um, but that is definitely a team. I agree, Tim. Definitely a team that's got a chance to be in that college football playoff in the season. And just to, <clears throat> just to pony on that a little bit, I mean, 
you know, it, it does nothing to do with the football field, but they are selling uh, alcohol down in Tiger Stadium. So, them night games about to be out of control. Yeah, if you ever thought Death Valley was scary at a night game, uh, it's fixing to get a whole lot worse down there in uh, Baton Rouge. So, you, you know, about oh, probably back in April, I guess it was, I uh, was driving down the interstate on my way back from Texas. And I just happened to look over and see Death Valley right there on the river kind of thing. And, you know, it was kind of one of those moments like, oh, crap, there it is. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. Now, I'm not real big on on Orgeron. I'm really not. Um, I think Orgeron is a great assistant coach. I don't think he's a great head coach. Um, you know, I personally, and I know this is you know kind of sensitive to Tennessee fans, I put Ed Orgeron in that same boat as Butch Jones. Ooh. He he's he's a great recruiter, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be able to do something with it when he's got it. And I think what we're going to see right here out of Ed Orgeron is a great year because of the schedule. Outside of Alabama. And a, and a Florida that's down and a Texas that's down, they're not playing anybody. Arkansas? <laughs> All right. I mean, again, they're in the West. So you're talking about Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. Still talking about Mississippi State. I don't think LSU is going to be the powerhouse that everybody thinks they are. Their recruiting class is out of this world. But do you think their record is strong because they're not playing anybody? I think that it's going to look great until they <clears> run <throat> into those teams that are decent. I think they're going to lose to Alabama, and I think they're going to lose to Texas A&M. So you got your 10-2. and two. Auburn, LSU, who you got there? Maybe 9-3. and three. Ooh. I mean, because, I, again, I, I'm high on Gus Malzahn. I think that I think that Auburn's going to have a big year this year. You'd have to be. You'd have to be to take Auburn <laughs> over LSU. You're, you'd have to be high on Gus Malzahn so, to take so, Auburn over over the Tigers. So let's let's paint LSU this scenario. Let's goodness. say you've got a ten and two Georgia in the East. Uh huh. Or let's let's even go eleven and one Georgia in the East, playing a twelve and zero Alabama uh, from the West mm-hmm. in the in the conference championship, and you've got. Uh, LSU sitting there. Let's say they make eleven and one. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have two SEC teams in the playoffs, which has happened a number of times before. So you've got Georgia that ends up being eleven and two because they're obviously gonna lose to Alabama yeah. uh, in the conference championship. But then you've got LSU eleven and one. Who you take? I take Georgia because they actually won their division. And that's a problem that I've got with this playoff. Back to the Notre Dame issue. Clemson showed everybody last year that Notre Dame had no business in the playoff. Right. And that is a big problem. It was a big problem for me when it happened a couple years ago. It was about five years ago now when Alabama and LSU had their rematch for the national championship because LSU upset them in the, mm-hmm. in the conference championship. If you – I mean, we're, we're talking sports here. If you are not the best team in your conference, how can you be dubbed the best team in the country? And that's a strong argument. I mean, that, that's a strong argument. We're talking about Georgia at coming in 11 and 1, losing Alabama being 11 and 2. All that is dependent upon Alabama mm-hmm. being number 1. Yeah. And we all think Alabama will be one or will be two. Mm-hmm. And you're splitting hairs between Clemson and Alabama. I'm so but, but here's my you know So let's let's go back. Who's gonna be the one that Georgia loses to? I think Georgia Because I don't see Georgia losing a game in the East. I think you're I think you're looking at a twelve and zero and a twelve. And we're gonna get to all that when we do our SEC picks and our college football picks. I think I mean, I take LSU to the playoffs if Alabama is, Denny Green, who we thought they were. If Alabama is who we thought they were and they're sitting pretty undefeated or they lost one game but just barely got clipped, if Alabama was the worthy opponent that we thought they were going to be, that we have known them to be for the last couple of years, if LSU played them to the wire, 
Now, if we're talking about 11-1 LSU team that doesn't win the West, doesn't go to the SEC title game, or SEC title game, and they lost to Alabama by score, by possession, it's a one-possession game, I'm taking LSU. If Bama is who we thought they were and LSU played them close at 11-1, I'm taking LSU. If Alabama stomped them out for four quarters and that game wasn't close, if Nick Saban hung 45 on this bunch, beat them by 20-some-plus points, then no. It does me no good to promote LSU. But I'm not promoting Georgia either at 10-2. and two. Well, so let's just say – LSU pulls the miracle upset over Alabama. Both teams are 11-1, so therefore mm -hmm. LSU goes uh, and plays in the conference championship, does the same thing. Let's say hypothetically the same thing happens. It's just LSU takes the place. Does that change your perspective that Alabama should get into the playoffs? You know Alabama's no. going to. You they're know going, going to. You know Bama's they're going, going to because, because it's money. Bama. It's money. They're you, Bama. Nick it's Saban, Saban. They're money. Bama, you know they're going to. So why should that be different for LSU? Now, I'm saying I'm not taking an LSU at 11-1 if Bama steamrolled them for four quarters. Sure. But if Bama is who we think they are and LSU falls just short, I have no problem with LSU going. The only reason they're not going to the SEC title game or didn't win the West is by virtue of you have to be in the same, not conference, but division yeah. as the Crimson Tide. So if that's a close game and they are who we thought they were, send them. But if not, no. But we all know that wouldn't be the same for Alabama. No. It wouldn't be. No, because they're going to get the special treatment and the voters know that they're going to be money. Mm -hmm. People are going to tune in and that kind of thing. But it doesn't matter because I promise you, Auburn or Texas A&M are going to beat LSU as well as Alabama. So you're looking at a 10-2 and two at best, and it's not going to matter. Gus Malzahn, you have a fan club president. His, <laughs> his name is Marty Murr, oh. just so you know. Oh, moving uh, on to the big house, boys. Number six, Michigan. Listen, I love Jim Harbaugh. Okay, as a 49ers fan, I think the worst, the second worst decision in in San Francisco history was getting rid of Jim Harbaugh. The, the worst first. decision was not letting Joe Montana finish out his career. You trade him off to the Chiefs, which he takes to the AFC Championship at 40 whatever years old, 40, you know, 39, 40 years old. All right, you let the greatest quarterback of all. Arguably, Tim. Yeah, I know you're arguably. a Brady guy. You Second let arguably the, the greatest quarterback of all time finish out his career with his team. All right? That's the biggest mistake in San Francisco history. The second biggest mistake is getting rid of Jim Harbaugh. Three straight NFC Conference Championships, a Super Bowl appearance, and then you let the man go because he's not a yes man? He was winning football games. And then what happens? The best defense in the NFL – Half of them retire because they're not going to play for anybody else because you want to bring in a moron like Jim Tom Sula. And how Tom Sula got the kind of pull that he got in San Francisco. Defensive line coach, never been a head uh, I, coordinator. I have no idea. To head coach. So of the, why hasn't this translated over to winning in Michigan? Yeah. Ah, okay. So, here's the thing. With Jim Harbaugh, all right, I think that – a lot of what happened in San Francisco is difficult to translate because it's kind of like Nick Saban. Nick Saban was dominant in college football. He went to the pros. It's a different game, right? And so I think a big – and I said I love Jim Harbaugh. I think the problem is Jim Harbaugh's style of football doesn't work in college. That pro style, running down the clock, playing hard-nosed defense kind of thing is only going to take you so far. And he doesn't get the recruits that Alabama gets. And I know that's kind of the same thing that Saban gets. But Saban's also kind of spread it out a little bit here lately. And so I love Jim Harbaugh, but I just don't think that his style of football is going to get it done in the college game. I think Jim Harbaugh needs to go back to the pros. But looking at his schedule. It's a cupcake schedule if you've ever he's seen He's going to beat Notre Dame. He's going to beat Penn State. 
and you know Urban Myers faked another heart attack, so he's gone. <laughs> so I mean, it's Jim Harbaugh said it. And that's another reason I love it. He did. I love it. You know, there's controversy everywhere he goes. I think Michigan wins the Big Ten, Big Twelve, whatever it's called now. Big Ten, big, still Big Ten, still Big Ten, still Big Ten. He wins that, and he goes to the playoffs. Whoa, bold! I'm bold, an SEC bold. guy, but Ooh. your respect for the Big Ten is overwhelming. Well, <laughs> it's sickening. If you can't tell that Mer's an SEC guy, <laughs> now you can. Um, I, I've been waiting. I, I like Jim Harbaugh. I like Jim Harbaugh. I like Jim Harbaugh when he was in the pros as a quarterback. Sure. I like Jim Harbaugh at Stanford. I'm a Cowboys fan, and I like Jim Harbaugh and appreciate what he did at San Francisco. You know, I like Jim Harbaugh's style of play. Now, I think you're wrong and you're right. I think there's a place for Jim Harbaugh's style of football in college. I think you have to recruit differently. A certain type of body, a certain a certain type of kid. I think your defense has to complement that offense. You know, I mean, I've heard it say a number of times: your defense takes on the personality of your offense. Mm-hmm. Soft offense, soft defense. You know, um, and I think Michigan's been close. They've been close again. We talk about teams on the cusp. That's a team on the cusp. Um, so I mean, I like Jim Harbaugh in the college game. I think a personality like Jim Harbaugh, where where coaches are you know, a dime a dozen, and there's a revolving door so much. I think guys like Jim Harbaugh are good for this game. He, You know, he's a Michigan man. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> he's got a connection to Schimbeckler. I love Jim Harbaugh in Ann Arbor. Love him. Um, and I'm going to go with you. Um, I, I, I'm going to walk down this, this dark, winding path with you, hand in <laughs> hand, Marty. Um, I think Michigan wins that conference. Uh, I think Michigan gets Ohio State. I think Michigan gets James Franklin and Penn State, and I'm a James Franklin guy. Yep. I love James Franklin, one of my favorite coaches. Um, but it's hard for him to recruit at Penn State because of all the negativity mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. surrounding that, co- that college. And I don't think Michigan becomes this year-in, year-out Clemson, Alabama. No. But I do think Michigan gets theirself into the college football playoff this year unsuspected, undetected. I do think they slip in there. Now, I think it's a quick exit. I don't think they're staying long. It's going to be a sure. quick visit, and they're going to go to the house. But I do think they get in there. So I am I am definitely going to buy me some Michigan. I think so, too. So here's my problem with Michigan. You're Michigan. You are a brand that is recognizable not just – across the country, but across the world. There should be no excuse for you to not be able to compete year after year after year. And they have great talent. The problem is he cannot win big games. Uh, And to your point about how it doesn't necessarily translate from the NFL to the college, he had good success at Stanford. He had a good run at Stanford. Running the same kind of offense, run heavy, Downhill. Now he had some pieces there to help that out, but he was running the ball. So, so recruiting to me shouldn't be an issue. We talk about you know you have to recruit for the system. It shouldn't be an issue when you're Jim Harbaugh and you're Michigan. Uh, You're one of the first teams to use the Jumpman uh, logo. I mean, you've got the money. You've got the biggest stadium in the in, in college football, if I'm not mistaken. That's why they call it the big ass. It should not matter. Um, but with that being said, uh, I think Michigan goes 11-1. and one. I think their only loss is to Penn State. I hope that that's a wide-out game. Uh, I would assume it would be a prime-time game, and I think Penn State gets them. Uh, I don't see Penn State doing much more than that. I think they're going to have some hiccups, which is going to prevent them from – jumping up past probably five. Uh, but I think they beat Ohio State at home. I think he finally gets off the schneid. Uh, I think the ghost of Urban Meyer is finally put to rest. Uh, I think he takes a pee on his grave. Uh, but I think they're 11-1, and one, and it's hard to decide whether they go up or down or higher or lower uh, due to the, what's going to happen in the Big 12 with Oklahoma. 
but I'm going to go out on a limb and say they finish higher. I think Michigan finishes higher than six, okay. which is a great segue into Oklahoma. Number five. I think Oklahoma is going to end up being undefeated and probably your number three seed in the playoff. Okay. I mean, you got you got a quarterback that not only knows how to win, but has won, and he's also won in the SEC. Again, back to that transfer portal. Makes people like basically like free agents. And, you know, when you look at, at what Oklahoma did last year – the big question was, can they lose Kyler Murray and still win? Well, guess what? All you did was trade a winning quarterback for another winning quarterback. And so for me, when Oklahoma takes the field, Jalen Hurts is behind center and they play almost nobody this year. Yeah. yeah. I there's, mean, you look at that anybody. schedule. I mean, they start off with Houston, San, South Dakota. They got UCLA, and I don't think Chip Kelly's had enough time to recruit and, you know, get things going there yet. Kansas, a down Texas, a down West Virginia, Kansas State. I mean, you, you go on down the list, and, I mean, it's just – Win after win after win after win. Nobody that's really going to challenge them for anything because you got a guy that's sat on the bench the entire year. Tua goes down, and he comes in and takes the second half over and wins SEC championship. Here's an interesting question. You've got undefeated Oklahoma, 12-0. and 0. You just read off their schedule. They yeah. play the school of the deaf, dumb, and blind every week. Minus Texas might be their – Biggest maybe TCU maybe TCU twelve and zero Oklahoma eleven and one Michigan one loss mm -hmm. coming to we'll say Penn State because we'll take Ohio State out of it sure then you've got probably a twelve and one Georgia losing in the SEC championship mm -hmm. who you putting in at three and four because we're pretty solid on who one and two is yeah that's gonna be Clemson Alabama. For me, and I go back to it again, you have a 12-1 and team that didn't win their conference and two 12-1 and teams that did win their conference. Well, let's, conference say Oklahoma, let's say Oklahoma wins out and they're 13-0. They win their championship. Well, then Oklahoma's obviously in. So then you get down to Michigan and Georgia. Even looking at their strength of schedule. Yeah, I still say Michigan goes because they're conference champ. And I know, the, I know the playoff committee doesn't look at that for whatever reason, which makes no sense to me. And that should scream to every college fan that what wins and losses don't really matter. So your Championships don't really matter. They're going to put Georgia in, and they're going to put Georgia in because of Kirby Smart and the narrative that is Kirby versus Nick. So you got Georgia at four. And you would have Alabama at one. And then who you got at three? Michigan Oklahoma. or Oklahoma. If they're undefeated. If they're undefeated and win their conference championship, you yeah. got them in over Michigan who, who goes twelve and one and wins their conference championship. If if Oklahoma's undefeated, if they're both one losses, I go Michigan because Michigan does right. play a couple more teams. I think Oklahoma I think does. Oklahoma goes undefeated all year. I think so. The only the only hiccup they might have is like we said, TCU, maybe a Texas or if you know, if Chip Kelly has had the opportunity to recruit his system and he kind of you know, rebuilds the old Oregon of of old that fits very well against a Big 12 team that doesn't play defense because that's what always got Chip Kelly at Oregon. Mm -hmm. He'd score 100 points a game. He just couldn't keep anybody from scoring 101. You know, so could he win a shootout against Oklahoma? It may be. Um, but if you've got Oklahoma and Michigan with the same record – and it's down to those two who's going to get in. I say Michigan because they play a couple tougher teams. Now, I'm not a big Oklahoma guy, but we've asked this question for three years in a row now. Well, can Baker make Mayfield compete at that level and, and, and not trip himself up and get in his own way? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, can they win without Baker Mayfield? 
Now it's can they win without Kyler Murray. There's a lot of benefit in Oklahoma. That schedule, that conference. But this is a talented team. And, and Lincoln Riley's a good football coach. Lincoln Riley's a good football coach, and this is a consistently in the conversation talented team. Mm -hmm. And this team is, for me, if, if you've paid attention to Oklahoma in the offseason since the end of last year uh, with the Jalen Hurts transfer, this has been a team from day one that's on a mission. Yeah. They're not talking about a conference championship in Norman. They're not talking about beating Texas in Norman. For them, those things are given right now. They expect those things, and that is where you want your program to be, expecting them. This team is not even talking about getting to the college football playoffs. They are. You want to talk about a narrative. You're talking about Kirby and Urban. Let's talk about Jalen and Alabama. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Oklahoma against Alabama because that's a real-world possibility. Sure. You want to talk about a blockbuster game with a storyline. That's a real-world possibility. I'm buying all the Oklahoma you can sell to me right now. Now, whether they win a national championship game or not, that remains to be seen. But I'm going to buy some Oklahoma. And when we get to college football playoff time, talking about this here in a second, Oklahoma's going to be in my four. And that, and that takes me back to what, what I was saying earlier. You're exactly right. And I didn't even really think about that aspect of it. So, yeah, I mean, if you go down to who's in between Michigan and Oklahoma, what's well, going to be Oklahoma because everybody wants that mm -hmm. Alabama story. When you're talking about two as a Heisman candidate, so is Jalen. Yeah. Right now, Jalen Hurts is being mentioned in the same breath as Trevor Lawrence mm -hmm. and Tua. Yeah. You know, you go look at the Heisman odds right now, you know, to win that trophy and take that thing home. He's in the conversation, and he should be in the conversation. Yeah. And so even if Michigan and Oklahoma both go undefeated, and Georgia's one loss is to Alabama, well, you're still going to put Georgia and, and Oklahoma in there. Absolutely. Because of the storyline that goes with Alabama that everybody's chasing. And Michigan's going to be undefeated conference champion that's going to go play right. somewhere in the Sugar Bowl or the Rose Bowl. or uh, Rose Bowl's a Big Ten game, right? So, you know, they're going to they're gonna be playing the winner of the Pac-12 in the Rose Bowl as an undefeated team with, you know, Georgia as a one-loss getting in simply because of Kirby Smart and his connection to Alabama. So I think, uh, I think, I think Oklahoma will finish higher than fifth. Uh, I don't see anybody beating them. I think they'll run the table 13-0. and They'll end up as a uh, probably the three seed, uh, which we'll get into the, to the to Georgia here, ranked number four in a second. Uh, I think Georgia finishes lower. I think they're out. I think they should be. I, I think they will, and this is why you've had all these two SEC teams in. If you get a uh, twelve and one Michigan team, the committee will say we need we need a Big Ten Big Ten team in. You're there. not going to deny Jim Harbaugh. We need a we need a Big Twelve. We need we need yeah. uh, an ACC. We need an SEC. I think they do that this year. And when Nick Saban went on on to a podium and started pitching why a one-loss Alabama team should be in the playoff that year. Can you imagine what Jim Harbaugh's going to do? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, and so the, the segue over to the Bulldogs, um, they're going to finish lower. Okay. Uh, I think they will end up losing to Alabama, and I think they'll end up five, which is not much lower, but I think the loss to Alabama keeps them out of the college playoffs and opens up that door for the other power fives to move into the top spot. I agree. I'll keep this one short and sweet because you took the words right out of my mouth. I think they're in that five, six range somewhere. They're in the conversation. Well, what if this happens? What if that happens? I think they win the East. So that's something we're going to talk about here in a second in our picks for the SEC. I think they win the East, but I don't see them in that college football playoff, and I do see them lower than where they currently are sitting at four, for sure. Yeah. I, I agree, and and again, unless you go back to the to the voters, just going with the narrative, you know. And I and I mean, I you guys kind of already heard my my four. I mean, I think it's you know Clemson, Alabama, Oklahoma, and Michigan. I mean, I think that's the four. But uh, you know, I, I'm the same way. I mean, just looking at their schedule, um, you know, they're going to have to play. They're going to have to play uh, Alabama in the SEC championship game. Uh, I think they win the East. 
the only games that I see on the on the thing on their schedule that could possibly be a hiccup for them. We've talked about Missouri mm-hmm. and the fact that you know with Kelly Bryant being in Missouri, that's a possibility. I don't think Missouri wins the East, but I think there's a possibility of maybe an upset there. Um, you know, after Missouri's already lost a couple games in the SEC, maybe they do. You know, have that one game that just you know gives them a loss. Um, I'm gonna go with Auburn again. They play Auburn, all right. I mean, I'm I'm high again. War Eagle. <laughs> I mean, God. you know that that's a possibility. And hey, you know what? I, I'm gonna throw this one out there. Okay, and maybe it's because I went there. You know, maybe it's because of my love for it. But hey, they go to Knoxville this year. They're not playing in Athens this year. If Jimmy, if Jeremy Pruitt gets things rolling with with that defense, and remember, Georgia's offensive coordinator Jim Chaney is now at Tennessee. Who better to look at a defensive coordinator and say, "Hey, here's the offense. This is how you shut it down. This is how teams beat us whenever I played at Georgia. Whenever I called the offense at Georgia." These were the things that we could not beat. And, oh, by the way, I know exactly how our defense was shut down. I know exactly how our defense was. So you take a team that is pumped up and fired up going into this season. We've got multiple 300-pound guys now. They've been hitting the weights all year long. Georgia's coming to Knoxville. We now have their offensive coordinator that knows exactly every weakness about that defense, and our defensive coordinator knows every defense, every weakness about their offense. Tennessee could upset Georgia. So I think they're out of the top four. I'm saying regardless of who upsets them, I think somebody upsets them in the East, Tennessee, Missouri, you know, maybe it's an Auburn, that kind of thing. Um, so that becomes a situation. And, of course, again, I still think they win the East, even though they get upset once with whatever combination of teams that is. Uh, and, you know, they're going to get beat by Alabama. So I think they're out <clears throat> of the top four. Well, before we move on to number three, if Jim Chaney has a clipboard in his office – and yeah. it says Georgia's weaknesses. I don't know that anything else is going to be on that, but I know what will be on it for sure. At number one, it's just going to say Alabama. Sure. <laughs> it's just going to say Alabama. It's, Watch you know, for the fake punt. Number two might be Nick Saban. <laughs> number three might be don't trip over Uga. I'm not sure. <laughs> so number three is Ohio State. OSU. Ohio State. They – I, I go ahead and mark it down. This is the fall of the great coliseum that is Ohio State. Well, I'm still confused with Ohio State. Why is Greg Schiano not the head coach? I don't know. He's, he's well deserving, right? I yeah, mean, I mean Tennessee fans were ripped in the meet. Paul Feinbaum ripped Tennessee. Every single ESPN. College oh, football. Kirk Herb Street, man. Kirk Herb oh, Street. Oh, my God. Tore Tennessee apart. This is a brilliant football coach. What are you people doing? Why are you screaming and yelling about Greg Schiano? But his own team don't want him to be the head coach? So how is that possible? Why is it that Tennessee was so terrible for not wanting Greg Schiano to come be the head coach? Hmm. When his own people didn't even want him to be that. I mean, you're right, and we could sit here and talk about different things with Ohio State all day. But, you know, Ohio State did tell us that Greg Schiano should be and will be the answer to our problems in Tennessee. And the test determined that was a lie. Uh, That was a lie. Um, Like I said, I think Tennessee's in good hands with Pruitt. But in regard to Ohio State, listen, this is not – as much as as a lot of us would like, I mean, I'm not an Ohio State guy. I don't like Ohio State. Not a big fan of of a lot of the folks that have come through there, um, with exception to a couple. Um, you know, love Freddie George. 
Yeah. I like Eddie George. Um, but, you know, this is not a top five team. No. Now. Definitely not a top four or top three team. Now, no. listen, go out and prove me wrong. This is not a top five team. I don't think they win their conference. I think there is a real-world possibility um, in them, you know, finishing in the standings. You know, they've got – Little divisions now up there in the Big Ten. God bless them. Um, that's fine. You know, um, I don't know if they're the second best team in that conference. Um, you got Wisconsin up there. You got Nebraska. Nebraska. Up there. I mean, Nebraska gets. And I listen. I'm a James Franklin guy. You don't sleep on James Franklin. He sure. has beat better teams than Ohio State is this year with less talent than he has at Penn State right now. So and Scott Frost in Nebraska. That you know. So for me, I'm selling giving away, paying you to take off my front porch, all the Ohio State you can carry. Um, what's left, we'll toss out back in the dumpster. Sure. Uh, I do not feel like this is a college football playoff team. They are not a top five team. Um, God knows that the media loves them. So I'm sure at the end of the season they'll find themselves floating around the top ten. Um, but, no, I mean I- – But where Ohio State's concerned, you know, I, I got to sell – on Ohio State here. They're going to finish lower than three. I, I don't think they need to be where they're at right now. I don't feel like they're a top five team. Um, you know, they're Ohio State. They're another media darling. So they're going to end up finishing around that, that 10 spot, somewhere in that top 10. But this is the team that's not going to win their conference. Um, I don't even know that, that Penn State won't be a better football team than they are this year. Um so, I mean, I, I don't feel like they're going to be in the conversation at all when we come time to talk about the college football playoff. And uh, speaking of the media darlings, we've got Alabama listed at number two here. Um, we can kind of combine that with the Clemson talk because uh, I think uh, we're all kind of in agreement here with them being sort of interchangeable. Um, so let's just, just jump right into it, college football playoffs. Uh, what, are we, what are we looking at? What are we thinking? I think for me – Alabama's probably going to end up number one. You know, again, Alabama's that media darling. You know, it's been said before, a great wise man once said that to be the man, you got to beat the man. Woo! And Ric Flair was the man, right? Sir. And, and Sir so, Ric Flair, yes. And yes. so, to me, Dabo Sweeney and Clemson, they're the man right now. They're the champs. And for me, as long as Clemson remains undefeated throughout the year, they should stay undefeated and at number one. The problem is all these media people love Alabama, and they're going to want Alabama at number one at some point. So you're going to have that Clemson game. It was Syracuse last year. You're going to have that Clemson game where they win a game 20-17. to or 24-10, or something close, and Alabama's going to blow somebody out at that point, and you're going to have the 45-10, to to, you know, 10 or 45-3, to 3 or 7, or whatever, and that's when they're going to say, oh, Alabama's a better team, and they're going to bump Alabama up. So for me... I think Alabama and Clemson both go undefeated. I think Alabama goes in at one, Clemson at two, Oklahoma at three, and Harbaugh sneaks in at number four. Okay. At Michigan. So you've got Alabama one, Michigan four. That's Mm -hmm. the matchup. Who do you got? Alabama. Then you've got number two, Clemson, and number three, Oklahoma. Trevor Lawrence is going to throw for 400 yards in that game and beat Oklahoma. Okay, um, that brings you to the what's become the classic here in this in this recent era of college football. Sure, um, Alabama against Clemson, and again, I think it's the same result. You've got an Alabama team that's not as good defensively this year, or shouldn't be as good defensively this year as they were last year. And Trevor Lawrence ate that defense alive. Uh, I mean, he just tore it up, finding holes everywhere. So I think. And it's a tough thing to do in college football. It's a tough thing to do in any sport. But I think Clemson goes back-to-back. So my four are the same as yours. I mean, I I completely agree with you. Um, I've got Alabama one. I've got Clemson two. And really there with those two teams, you're splitting hairs. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, 
So I feel Clemson might be the better team, the more athletic team. But, again, you know, you're, you're splitting hairs there. Alabama certainly does play in the better conference, without a doubt. Sure. Uh, so I've got Alabama one. I have Clemson at two, Oklahoma three, and Michigan at four. Uh, I think Michigan will play with the Tide for a half. Um and then Alabama will use the second half to make an example out of them as they march to the national title game. Um, Clemson-Oklahoma is going to be a great game. Mm-hmm. The better football team is Clemson, without a doubt. Uh, when you talk about special teams, offense, defense, the better team, pound for pound, is Clemson. Uh, Lincoln Riley is a great coach, but the better coach team is Dabo's guys at Clemson. Um, you know, I mean – what Trevor Lawrence is doing right now, what this team is doing, uh, it's super hard to win back-to-back. It's super hard to continually put yourself in a position like Alabama and Clemson have done in the national title game. Uh, just to be in the conversation at the end of the year is a big deal. That's tough. Um, you know, and, and is, the other storyline here is Oklahoma. Uh, man, wouldn't it be cool to watch Jalen Hurts play Tua for a national championship? Um, I would really like to watch that game. I really would. It's difficult for a team to keep making it back and making it back and making it back. Um, And as much as I'd like to see that Oklahoma and Alabama matchup, as much as I'd like to pick that, that is exactly what I'm going to do. Oklahoma (laughs) will win a shootout slightly with Clemson, knock them out of the picture, which will all the more motivate Clemson to get back in it next year. Um, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be around. But I have a number one against number three, Alabama against Oklahoma national championship game. And I don't think Alabama would have beaten Clemson in that matchup. But because of the Oklahoma upset, Alabama brings home another national championship trophy. Just when you think the sun was setting on Alabama and Nick Saban might just go to the house, they put one more in the case. So I'm going to take the tide over the Sooners. I hate to be the the boring one here, but uh, uh, it is what it is. Um, I think we're going to have two SEC teams in the Final Four again this year. Somehow Georgia edges out Michigan and probably going to shoot themselves in, the, in their own foot. Um Clemson at one, Alabama at two, Oklahoma at three, and Georgia at four. Uh, you know, you could flip flop Alabama and Clemson. Uh, I don't, uh, I don't know that Clemson can hold on to the number one uh, ranking based on their strength of schedule. Other than that A and M game, uh, Alabama, of course, playing in the SEC is going to have plenty, plenty of tests. Uh, but with that being said, I don't know that I completely trust Tua at this point. He's a little wild and erratic and at times uh, a liability back there, not much of a game manager. Uh, so with that being said, Clemson will knock off Georgia. Alabama knocks off Oklahoma. Uh, but this time Nick Saban gets him and gets Dabo. I don't think you embarrass an Alabama team by 27 points. Uh, and come back the next year and repeat. Uh, there's just something about the uh, the aura of Nick Saban and what he is and the monster in the college game that just says that that can't happen twice in a row. So with that, I'm going with Alabama. All right. There you go. I guess that will wrap it up for our preseason 30 days till kickoff show. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time on Sliders and Spirals.